thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Hey, uh, good to see you. Turning your word to um, Psalm 84. We're in a series, and we'll do it all summer long, called the Psalms of Summer. And we basically take a psalm, and we break it down uh, in the morning and kind of see what God wants to say to us. And today, uh, Psalm 84. Now, Psalm 84 is credited to the sons of uh, Koba, whatever they, however they pronounce his name. There's 11 of these psalms that are credited to, the, to these sons. Now, let me help you with something. Aaron's descendants, there's Levites and Aaron's descendants. Aaron's descendants, they took care of the priest. The Levites of uh, descendants of Koah, they took care of the, the Ark of the Covenant or the temple, okay, the house of worship. And that was their jobs. And they, they penned this psalm for that very reason. And you have to understand that background to, under, to appreciate the words that will come out of this psalm. Okay? And so as I read this, I want you to understand these are guys that that's what they did. They took care of the church. They took care of the Ark of the Covenant or the temple. That was their job was to take care of the house of worship. And here's what they have to say about that. When you look at verses 1 through 4 on this, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrows who found a home and the swallow of the nest for her Swallow a nest for herself, and she may have her young, a place near the altar. O Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Mm, That is just rich right there. Now, I want you to see something. We, We have a great church, okay? We have a great church. But what makes this place special, it is not about the building. It is about the presence of the Lord. I I want it to look nice outside, and I want it to be nice inside. But, my friends, I am not calling the bricks and mortar of this place. What I'm in love with is the presence of God in this house. Three things that we try to do here at First Baptist that we keep on the forefront of everything that we do. Three things. Number one, that the Word of God and only the Word of God is proclaimed. That we preach the Word. Just just flat out the Word. Don't have to dress it up. Don't have to put perfume on it. Don't have to put pearls on it. Just preach the Word and let it fall where it may. Secondly, that the name of God is magnified. You know that by our worship. Paxson does a great job, and this team does too. Man, they bring us to the table. Whether we eat, that's up to us. But there's no question every Sunday morning when we gather together in the name of the Lord, we are brought to the table. What you do with that fork, knife, and spoon, that's your business, okay? But you won't walk out of here and say, well, preacher, y'all just not feeding us. Mm. Better be careful. <laughs> 
Word of God proclaimed and the name of God magnified. And last and third of this is that the will of God is pursued. That's all we chase. That's all we chase is God's will. This is a sweet place. This church is a sweet place. It is a safe haven. Over and over and over and over and over again over the seven and a half years that I've been your pastor, people walk out of this place and they say, this is a unique place. There's a spirit in here. There's a spirit of warmness. There's a spirit of of friendliness. There's a spirit of love. You can feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Man, I've told you the story. When I walked the insurance guy through here, okay, when we built this place and he came to look at it, we walked through those doors, and I'm, I'm talking to him, and we're just walking, and I'm still talking, and all, all of a sudden I realize that cat's not with me. <laughs> he didn't move. He came through the door. I'm talking. I'm done. Man, this is where we worship. Over here is the bathroom. Over here is the kitchen. Got some adult classes. I'm just doing my thing, and, and I don't hear him. And all of a sudden I look back, and he's standing at the door, and he's doing this. And I'm like, I think that cat's saved. I think not only he's saved, he's spirit-filled. We're about to have church. Sir, can I help you? <laughs> you good? He says, dude, there's a presence in this building. There's a presence in this place. That dude drove from Oklahoma. So y'all don't be talking about them Oklahoma people. They drove over here. They sense the spirit of the Lord. And he stood there at the door with his hands open like this for two or three minutes, man. Seemed like 30 for me because it was awkward. That don't happen from insurance guys very often, and I'm not trying to throw them under the bus or anything, but I'm just saying, you know, I sign them up. I don't care what the, my premium is on that stuff, you know, but, but, but that's what he did, and it's been that way, and you know that, and many of you came, and we have people that have joined our church, and they look me in the eye and say, preacher, when I walked in the first time, I had no, no, nothing in me, nothing, I had no intentions of joining the Baptist church. I said, amen, I ain't had no inkling in me to pastor Baptist church. I just pastor church, all right? I mean, and, and so what we try to do here is we try to create, and, and we invite the presence of God in here every single day. And I'm telling you, what we have seen happen here is not because of man, it's because of the king. And I can read these first four verses, and I'm going to tell you right now how lovely is the dwelling place of the Lord. Man, how lovely. I love the way what he says in verses 3 is, even the sparrows have found a home. <laughs> Ain't nothing like it, is it? I've said many times, and this is the charge I always give couples when I marry them. You need three homes. That's it. Three homes. You need, you, you need an earthly home. You need a church home. And you need a heavenly home. Yeah. And you got three homes. You want a rich cat, and I don't care what your checkbook says. You're rich. Home. Even the sparrows find a home. When you find a home church, man, that, that, that's, that's a beautiful thing. And what I love is it says, and they find that at the place close to the altar. Mm, the altar of the Lord is a beautiful place. It's a safe place. It's a sacred place. It's a place that, that you should run to. The reason that we do prayer to begin the service and we invite our men to come to the altar because we believe in Scripture that men should lead, and there's no other better place that man can lead than straight to the altar. Straight to the altar. Because their little boys and girls and their daughters and sons and their wives are watching them. And we don't do it for show, but I'm going to tell you right now, that son that watches dad walk to the altar at 40 
a walk to the altar as well at 40. Because, my friend, the altar of the Lord has lost its place in the church. And the altar of the Lord has always been a sacred place in the house of God. And many times in my life as a, as a, as a minister, even youth and now as a pastor, that, uh, that I've snuck over to the altar of the Lord and cried out. There were things I faced in that fir- it, when I was at First Baptist Eldorado I didn't understand. Y'all know that story. And a couple mornings after that, I found myself here with hands reached up going, what in the heck did I just see and what in the world is that about? When I was at Quail Creek, <clears throat> felt the call to come here to pastor, you know, found myself early in the morning, 6 a.m. Trust me, at 6 a.m. in the church, no one's at the altar, okay, and just come right here. And then came here, and several weeks after I got here, and there was all of 21 people looking at me, and it was very lonely in that little house all by myself. There were times I found myself at that little altar over there going, God, I know that was you, (laughs) but I really need to start seeing that quick, (laughs) you know? And so the altar is a safe place. Run to the altar. Find a home like sparrows and find it close to the altar of the Lord. Let's keep rolling for the sake of time. Sweet stuff. Look at uh, 5 through 7. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on a pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make a place of springs, and the autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go forth in strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. It's a sweet place. It's uh, Valley of Baca. Uh, It's it's full of blossom trees, uh, balsam trees. These trees grow in arid places. They they, they don't don't grow in a lot of water areas. And this Valley of Baca is, is mainly a dry place. And what he is saying here is, That on the journey, on the pilgrimage to the house of the Lord, to the presence of God, you may come in sometimes very parched, very dry, but you have come to a place of rain, and the Holy Spirit will come raining down on you, and all of a sudden, all that rain that comes down from heaven will form a pool like autumn rains, and you, like those blossom trees that were arid and dry and parched will become plenished by the Holy Spirit of God and by his presence. All the pilgrimage to the house of the Lord sometimes is sweet. We leave the house as a family, usually late, and we're in a hurry to get to church. And the conversation between the front door and the front door of the house of the Lord may not always be one that honors God. But we're in the house, okay? So we straighten up and we walk in. Let me tell you something. You'll come sometimes and you can't wait to get here. And you'll come sometimes and go, I don't know why we're here. And you'll come sometimes and go, I'm so busy, I don't really have time to be here. But my friends, when you walk into the door, into the house of the Lord, you may be needing nourishment and replenishment. You may be dry. You may need to be energized. But I'm going to tell you, when you walk into the presence of the Lord, it will become you. You will become like you're sitting in a spring and heaven rains down on you with the presence of God. And you will feel him just replenish you from the inside. You will feel him do something in you like you can never do in yourself. There's nowhere else in the world to feel that except in the presence of the Lord. Nowhere else. 
And there's times, man, we need to be in the house of the Lord. We need to be there because, my friends, listen to me. We can get parched in this old world. We can. We can get so busy, man, that we haven't sat at the table. We can get so busy we haven't drunk from the fountain. We can get so busy that we have not been replenished by the Lord. And we're running on fumes, man. And sometimes we're dry and wrinkled and crusty and we need some jurgens. Amen. I mean, we can get so parched, man, that we need the presence of the Lord. What does God's presence do in our lives? Several things. It replenishes us, no doubt. It replenishes us like nothing else, man. It refreshes us. Mm. It refreshes us. No doubt it refreshes us. Another thing it does, it energizes us. I've met many people that said, man, when I leave here, man, I just feel strong. I'm strengthened. I feel like I'm ready to go and tackle whatever God has for me that week. But when I'm not here, I just don't feel like I've been in his presence. I I feel empty. I feel hollow. I don't feel strong. That's exactly right. And that's why there has to be intentional efforts every single time to get here, to get to the presence, to not miss. There will be times that you miss, but every chance you get, make effort and be intentional to be in the house of the Lord. Just like these guys wrote about, man, there's nothing like it. When you walk into the presence of the Lord, there's nothing in the world like it. Let's keep rolling for the sake of time. 8 and 9, verses 8 and 9. Hear my prayers, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob. Look on me, look upon our shield. O God, look with favor on your anointed one. Mm, I'll stop there. As I've grown, I can't tell you when I grew up as a, as a young person, uh, elementary, junior high, even high school, really didn't even start this practice in my life until I was in college at a private Baptist school, by the way. All right? But man, First Baptist Church in Athens, you, the only time you lifted your hand in that church is if you want another donut or you needed to go to the potty. All right? You didn't do that. And, and, and I'm sorry, but that's, that's the truth, all right? That is the truth. And, and we, we used to sit back there, my high school buddies and I would sit way in the back right corner under the balcony. Balcony hung way out. We were way back there hiding from the Holy Spirit. And so we were, we were way back there. And the, the only thing we looked forward to in worship, now this, I mean, this is bad that your pastor tells you this, but the, the only thing I looked forward to in worship was Whichever deacon prayed for the offertory prayer, we all had them memorized. And all we would do back there is we would just start saying them with them. Bless the giver, the gift and the giver. Bless us, Lord. I mean, they all changed their voice, and they all did this prayer thing. And we would go, seriously? we just start mocking. we have so much fun, and it's a bunch of elbows. And every time I look up, I'd see my mom's eyes. She knew what I was doing. But... But, but that's what we did. And that is a sick, sad testimony of the church. That the only thing I look forward to is repeating a broken record deacon prayer that was the same by every one of those cats in a different voice that they didn't talk to you at any other time in your life. They'd meet you. Hey, you got a good game there, partner. You pitch a good game. And then they'd pray. Oh, Father, Father, we just pray for the gift and the giver. I'm like, dude, you just, what is this? You just became some other person. What's wrong with you? I mean, what was wrong with that's a good game, dude? Why don't you talk to God like that? God, you're a great God. 
Oh, he is. Oh, he, hey, I recognize him. What, what happened? Y'all been in those churches? If you have, I'm sorry. But, but you've been in those churches, and I don't get it. And that's what I had to look forward to. Listen to me. When I got in college, I realized something real quick. As, as we, we had this thing on Tuesday night called Time Out, and, and Billy Foot Jr. led worship. And, 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 man, we just started worshiping, two or 300 college kids. And all of a sudden, man, without me even knowing it, my arms started going up. And I'm like, I mean, I felt weird. I didn't think I was supposed to do that. And I couldn't help it. And now, man, that's all I can do. I can't even hardly worship. I mean, one, one Sunday morning, y'all didn't see it one Sunday morning, but my sweet wife over here, I usually sit down while y'all are standing because y'all sit while I stand. Is that fair? All right. So, so I'm, I'm sitting over here, and Melissa's got her hands up, and I'm leaned up. Usually I'm back, okay? And I was leaned up, and she was worshiping, and she put her, did you put your hands down or bring them up? Put them down? Just knock me out. I mean, hit me so hard, man. I mean, Brett and Allie heard it. They look at me, and I'm like, man, I was like singing another chorus because I, I couldn't walk out those stairs right now if I wanted to. I mean, there, there's times, man, when you're worshiping and you're in the presence of God, you, you can't help but lift your hands. You can't, you can't help but lift your hands in prayer and, 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 and worship. And I just want you to know something. That, there is freedom in that. Let yourself go. Don't try to stop yourself. Don't worry about who's looking. Just, just absolutely, 110% at all times in your life, obey the Holy Spirit of God, period. Don't obey anything else. Because when you obey the Holy Spirit 24-7, I'm going to tell you, he'll do 24-7 things in your life. Do not put him in a box because our God does not live in a box. If your scripture is correct, and I believe it is, and mine is too, that tomb is empty, which means I don't like to be in a hole. I want to be out. And so let him go, and let him go in your life. And what you see here is they couldn't stay, can't stand. They know, man, they're in the presence of God, and they cry out in prayers, and they know that God's favor rests on the anointed one. And as a a friend of God, you are the anointed one. Be in his presence and be free in his spirit. i got to keep rolling. I could stay here all day. Uh, Let's go to Tim. This is where it gets good. There's a praise course on this. I used to get students all the time and make them give me the address for this praise song. But better is one day in the courts than a thousand elsewhere. Mm. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Mm, amen on that. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Man, he concludes by affirming the privilege of being in the house of God. The pilgrimage that it takes to get there. The journey and the effort that it takes to get there. Sometimes through the valley of Baca. But man, when you get in the presence of God and the Holy Spirit falls and you know you're in his presence, let me tell you, great things happen. Someone said, well, how do you explain what has taken place out in Bushland? What are y'all doing? What they're asking is, what program... What, what little church in a box did you get, open up, and it happened? And I said, 
we didn't do a program. We didn't do anything. We just started preaching the word, having great worship, and following the Spirit. And he says, and all that stuff happened. I said, well, there's one very important thing that happens when all that happens. Is that people come in, just real people come in. And they're vulnerable. Because they walk into a safe place. They walk into the presence of the Lord. They walk into a sanctuary. And when you're vulnerable in the presence of God, supernatural things happen. Too many times we walk into church, and when we walk in, we smell church. We smell man. And we smell tradition. And we smell other stuff. It doesn't smell like God. And the aroma of God's not there. The aroma of church is. The aroma of corporate religion is. And we don't like it. And our spirit doesn't agree with it. And so what happens is, all of a sudden walls start going up. They're called safety nets. Protection. I won't be hurt again. And I won't be tricked again. And what happens here is, you walk in here like an insurance guy and they're not there. And so you come in. Just like he came into the world naked. And all of a sudden you stand before God and it's just you. Real you. And you meet a real God and you see real change. And I'm going to tell you, real you meeting a real God produces real change. And guess what? It lasts a really long time. A really long time. There's a group of people in Europe. They were on a tour. And they were seeing all the cathedrals out there. This little old lady was in this pack. And as they walked through all these cathedrals, the little guy was going, oh, look at the splendor. Look at the size. This is the largest one. Look at these glass windows. Look at all this stuff. And this tour happened for about an hour. And the little old lady got slower and slower as the tour guide. And the guy was always having to wait on her, and he was concerned about it. And so when it's all over, he walks up to her, and he says, ma'am, are you okay? Yes, sir. He said, "Uh, did you enjoy the tour? And she looked at him and said, can I ask you a question, young man? How many souls were saved here last year? He said, ma'am, this is not a church. This is a cathedral. And she said, sir, this is a cathedral that has been allowed to become, this is a church that has been, have been allowed to become a cathedral. And that's a sin, and that is sad. I pray God's mercy on this house. Let me tell you something. May we in America never make our churches cathedrals. Because God would say, the pursuit of my glory is what I'm about, not the promote, promotion of these facilities. May we always understand, as the psalmist reminded us, how lovely are these dwelling places. Oh, God Almighty, let's pray together. Father, this morning, thank you. Mm. Thank you for the courts of the Lord. Thank you for the presence of the Lord. Thank you for church. And God, I pray that this place and any place that might follow on these grounds, 
will never ever become a cathedral, but will always be a church. And its whole mission is to see lives change and people saved. And God, I pray that we would fall in love with your presence and your church. And that we would give the bride of Christ the best we have. Because you gave everything you had for the bride. Father, I pray that the presence of God would always be what we chase. That it will always be what we pursue. God, I thank you so much for what you have done here, what you're doing, and what you're yet to do. And God, I pray during this invitation time that whatever you have said through the psalmist, God, that you will pour concrete around it. And God, that you, Father, would be all that we chase in your presence. God, on the other side of obedience is always blessing. So God, may we bless ourselves today during this invitation time by being obedient to you. In Christ's name, amen.